Hey, St. John. Welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Stalia, and with me today is Vicar Allen. Hello, St. John. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Well, we will be discussing your sermon from this past Sunday. What were some of the things that the text talked about? Usually Jesus is giving some sort of parable or a teaching or he's, he's doing a miracle. Um, but this one, Jesus is uh, speaking just wisdom. This, uh, this proverbial language uh, of um, talking about temptation in the world and sin and how you can be tempted into it, um, speaking about forgiveness and um, some of the tasks and the hardship that comes with uh, forgiving your brothers and sisters. And then he talks about faith. The disciples bring up about talking about faith, and, and Jesus talks about faith of a mustard seed and how you can move a mulberry tree. And then finally he talks about this unworthy servants, um, you know, just listening to their master. And again, they just don't really correlate together, but just a lot of, a lot of wisdom coming from Jesus. It sounds a lot like Matthew 18, but we don't have the part that Matthew has where Jesus takes a child in his midst and says, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. But then he just talks about not tempting one of these kids to sin. Uh, so just how does it differ there? Like why, what are we supposed to do with this text? Are we supposed to, cause we're supposed to treat each gospel alone, right? Let Luke be Luke. Let Matthew be Matthew. How do we know who these little ones are? Can we take that context from Matthew? Sorry, I'm asking a lot of questions, but can we take that context of Matthew to inform what we know about this Luke text? We could, uh, we could take into um, account of what Matthew is talking about, but also um, Jesus is speaking in the context. We, we're looking at his audience that Jesus is not speaking to a crowd or Pharisees or um, just people on, on the outside. He's he's speaking to his disciples in this moment. And so we get that context clearly that Jesus is speaking and giving wisdom to his disciples, but also he's referring to the little ones and um, just, just looking more into into the text of the disciples are the little ones. They're they're watching and, and seeing what their master is doing. Um, they're they're introduced into this this faith um, that Jesus is 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 doing. Um, they have uh, the scriptures. They have the Old Testament. But these these words of life coming out of Jesus, um, they found themselves to be the little ones of faith, uh, kind of relearning the faith and understanding what does Jesus mean about. Um, temptation and forgiveness um, and being confronted with just the the hardship of living in in that reality for them to be the little ones and uh, from that just learning about how can we walk in that faith And, and these are the little ones great so that does give a little clarification so the little ones are the disciples and then we can also say, since he's talking to disciples, we too are disciples, right? Um, we're followers of Christ, so then we can also call ourselves the little ones. Is that correct? Yes, and that's kind of how I introduced the sermon, uh, talking about uh, Jesus saying, let the little children come to me. And we know that uh, the disciples were, were trying to push the children away from coming to Jesus, and, and he rebukes the disciples and tells them, no, let the little children come. Um, this is what the kingdom looks like. I'm completely, fully trusting 
and coming to God in all our needs and and he puts his hand on us and blesses us and, and for us to receive that blessing it is that promise of eternal life with that kingdom how we will uh, receive that kingdom and just listening and following the words of Jesus who blesses us every day with his word so what was the problem that your sermon sought to identify in the text Jesus gives us a woe woe to the one through whom the temptations come and uh, Jesus is talking about both things one uh, about the tempter and the people that are tempted but Jesus is specifically addressing the tempter and and the one that tempts and leads the little ones to sin so that woe applies to first of all the devil and the one that does not want us to listen to God's word and does not want us to follow our master. But also, uh, because of this temptation of sin, we still live in this broken world, and, and that sin is still around us, and we know that we, we sin in, in many ways and can be led away and led astray. Um, but because of some of our actions and things we do, um, that could have a negative impact on others as well. And, and, and that carries through, and Jesus is recognizing this temptation and sin in the world and is giving this woe but along with that he he gives us profound imagery of what should happen to that person um just addressing the jesus is going to giving the law of what happens to sin the people who are in sin and, and there's judgment upon them um and and jesus is addressing this judgment that's exactly what i was going to bring up is is after he gives that woe and he's saying it's better that a millstone's hung around his neck and being cast into the sea. Just you can definitely see the judgment that he's saying, and, and really God, God's rightful wrath and fury against sin. So then, like you said, the the woe then is towards Satan, towards the devil, but then also towards us as well that we um, in our sin. Do uh, we fail many times, and we tend to lead people um, into that that temptation of of sinning? Both of those are are true. Yeah, just the consequences of our actions, and Jesus bringing up the little ones, and, and, and I wanted to bring that up in the sermon is how do we act around children, um, especially teachers uh, and parents? Um, how they lead, how they lead children, how they talk to them. And, and the best example that w- that we can think of is the children are constantly observing and watching uh, the adults, and uh, they try to imitate them. And um, Jesus bringing up that that causes the little ones to sin, the tempter causing the little ones to sin. Uh, so this kind of relationship that adults have with children, uh, kind of the consequences that we that our sin has towards others as well that are walking in the faith. Now, it kind of seems like based on what you've said, we're, we're like on both sides of it. We are tempting others uh, to sin, but then, like you said earlier, we are those little ones. So how do we know, how do we know when we are either? Or how, how do we be able to discern which side we fall on? And I think that's why Jesus is being so ambiguous, because we fall into both. Both realities are true. Both are happening at the same time. And Jesus is addressing it head on, that this is what the reality is. Um, And that's why 
I think this this wisdom coming from Jesus is uh, so much more deeper because it just shows both both realities, both are happening at the same time, um, and again as a result of sin, it's because of sin these two realities are happening and we are experiencing both. There definitely needs to be a proper distinction between law and gospel for this, right? Are we comfortable in our sins right now? Do we need to hear that law from Jesus? Or is it the opposite? Are we afflicted by our sin? We need to hear the gospel and remember that we are the little ones who depend solely on our Heavenly Father for everything. Is that right. kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, that Jesus is making us aware of both both of those uh both of those ideas. He's just addressing sin head on, showing us the law. All of us live in this reality. But along with that, uh, we are the little ones. We are the disciples of Christ. We have been baptized by his word. And God has, has made us his disciples. And being disciple means becoming the little ones who hear his word and come back and run to the Father for his love and grace. And, and, and it just proves his point even more how much we need God because we we face both we face being tempted and being the tempter for others and we just need God wholeheartedly just be his disciples be the little ones that just cling on to God in both realities it is interesting in the text um after Jesus finishes talking the apostles then say increase our faith is there a response to him? And you also bring this up in your sermon, saying that our prayer is to increase, to ask God to increase our faith. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that, about what that means? So this is an opportunity for us to be in the disciples' shoes of just sitting there and hearing the law coming from Jesus. And for us, what would be our reaction when we hear the law? When we hear about this sin and how much suffering there is that can come from us or can come to us by someone else. And their their prayer or their, their cry for help is, Lord, increase our faith. Because th- this is just, this is tough. This is just tough words to hear. And for us today, the, the prayer is still relevant to us today. We still need to do that prayer of, Lord, increase our faith. Um, it's just our putting ourselves completely in full submission to to God for his forgiveness. And because we know this world is getting harder and harder and being fully covered in God's grace is is the way how we're going to get through it. We need Lord with us at all times. We need that faith. Uh, and we need that hope and promise of, uh, like Jesus mentioned, uh, the, the kingdom belongs to the little ones. Um, just having that hope of us, the little ones, uh, living in that hope and promise of that kingdom, that we'll be a part of that kingdom, that um, we'll, we're not going to be tempted or be in sin anymore, and, and the joy that comes with being in God's grace and, and in God's faith and promise. And Jesus being the author and perfecter of our faith, I mean, it is pretty cool to see the apostles they're not turning one to they're not turning to themselves or to one another for their faith to be increased they're going to jesus asking him knowing that he's the only one to 
be able to do that. We can't do this by our own willpower or reason or whatnot, right? And, and this is fully realized after the resurrection. Yes, the disciples are, are hearing this. <laughs> the disciples are hearing this and, and, and they do this cry, Lord, increase our faith. not completely know what they're saying in that moment. True. Good point. But it's fully realized in the resurrection when they finally understand what Jesus did. And uh, it, it becomes even more real that Jesus was the one that was tempted for us. He was, like I said in my, in my sermon, that Jesus carried a weight heavier than the millstone. So, so the woe that Jesus is giving to the tempter um, Jesus takes that upon himself. So whatever temptation or sin that, that we commit and fall into, Jesus carried all of that. He carried the weight of the millstone. He was cast um, into the sea, into his death. Um, and then finally, he is the one who uh, defeated the devil, who is the tempter, um, and he defeated sin and death um, and, and gave us eternal life. And I know you didn't... Well, and correct me if you're if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you didn't mention verse six in your sermon. But I think it'd be cool to just talk about it for a minute. So after the apostles ask Jesus to increase their faith, Jesus says, "If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you." And what an image for us that faith that small can do such great things. I mean, do you think Jesus is saying this like as a word of comfort to his disciples there? Like, or what do you think he is really meaning by that? It's interesting that Jesus gives this, this imagery of being able to move a mulberry tree uh, into the sea and it will be planted. But again, who is the creator of the universe? Um, whose faith do we have? Um, it's God's faith. And, and we fully put our hope and trust in God, who is the one that rules over all of creation. And it's interesting how this faith of a mustard seed, right? This faith that God gives. Um, just think about how that actually happens in our life. Once we have faith in Christ, look at all the things that happen in our life and how, uh, how creation um, becomes part of our everyday tasks and things and how, how God blesses us through the means of his creation. Um, but there's also another part of that is when God gives us this faith, uh, we're also tasked to do and there's also care for creation. So I would say part of that caring for creation is this faith that, that God gives, it's God's faith. It's God who rules over all things. Um, and he's given us this task to, to care for creation. Um, but think about the impact. Once we receive that faith, what impact we can have in the world. And, and Jesus talks about the first thing is um, forgiveness, um, being a servant of Christ, things like that. The disciples didn't know this at the time, but Jesus, I'm sure, did. Later on, the apostles would go on and do these miracles and, and uh, you know, things that Jesus was doing himself, um, these these acts of healing and all of this stuff um, that I think very much is because of that, that God-given faith that by the Holy Spirit that they were able to do it. So right. it was like a preview of what was to come almost. 
Where do we find the sermon's teaching in the small catechism? So I brought a lot of the catechism into my sermon. Uh, so I'll kind of walk through it. Uh, the first one that I thought of is just the Ten Commandments and thinking about the Fifth Commandment, um, but that we do no harm to our neighbor, but it, it instead help help our neighbor. And this goes into just uh, the the second half of the Ten Commandments that all talks about our service to our neighbor and, and helping our neighbors in um, in faith and in service to them and in, in bodily uh, bodily and spiritual needs. So I, I wanted to bring that in, in into the sermon. Um, I even brought up the Lord's Prayer. Um, if, if you noticed in the sermon that I talk about, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And uh, again, that is from the sixth and seventh petition of the Lord's Prayer in the Catechism, uh, where God talks about that God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vices. Um, so again, uh, Luther is talking about this the temptation that's that's going to come. He's taking that same wisdom that Jesus talks about. And uh, in the seventh petition, uh, about the deliverance from evil, uh, we pray in that petition that our Heavenly Father would rescue us from every evil of the body and soul, uh, possessions and reputation. Finally, uh, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end. Uh, so, again, talking about how God is the one who is the center of it all, and He is speaking about this temptation that the tempter will come, but we put our faith, hope, and trust in in God. What was the challenge for you with the sermon process? Jesus is giving. A lot of wisdom here, and I and I had to pick one, and uh, I just went with the first one where Jesus talking about temptation and the little ones, but I also picked another part where that that prayer that disciples do um, of Lord increase our faith and and tying that up with just Jesus giving us this uh, this reality check of yeah this is how the world is and it's it's tough. But uh, we cannot do it alone. We can only do it through faith uh, in Christ who has overcome all of it. Thank you for listening to today's discussion. In case you missed today's sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon is in the show notes. You can also find the sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org or you can write your question on the back of one of our attendance cards in the pews. Uh, and thank you again, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thank you, Deaconess. All right, take care, you guys. Bye. Bye-bye.